Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. You know, we um, released the word of the year, of course, and, you know, we prayed over it a lot to bring it to the point of being launched and now. I don't know what your experience has been since that, but then we have to continue to pray over the seeds don't get stolen. You know, Matthew 13. And so, you know, I don't know what it's been like for you, but there's just been all kinds of odd going on around us. (laughs) I mean, all kinds of odd. I I could tell you, but, you know, why waste our time with all that? Um... It makes me think of, you know, I think it's Rogue Two in Star Wars, that picture where the Asian guy is headed, you know, to the box to turn it on. And it just always makes me think of that. It's like I'm one with the Force, and the Force is one with me, and he is just looking at, you know, where he's focused on, and all this stuff, you know, is flying by, and he turns on the power, you know, so something can happen. And so kind of feels a little bit like that. I don't know, just that that scene just sticks in my mind. It kind of feels that way. You know, um, we're going to be talking a lot about the word of the year because there's so much to look into. And, you know, I don't know what your um, process is in receiving from when he says he wants to do something and receiving that and moving into it. But really, it's it's um, just in my personal opinion, it's just a fun time of discovery. Like, what do you want to show me, and what does that mean, and what does that look like? And it's just a real fun time of discovery instead of trying to intellectually get top-heavy. Yes. <laughs> you know... Top heavy will get you out of balance. I got a real good picture for that. You know, when I was going to school for uh, teaching, they made us take one special needs semester to help uh, special needs. And this one special needs person that I was helping had this incredibly large head on this little body. And so they had to be in this wheelchair that held their head up all the time because their head was so big. So, you know, with the word of the year, you know, you don't want to get such heady with it because it was um, spirit-breathed and spirit-launched. And it's going to take the spirit to bring it to fruition. And so just kind of fun. I like to look over it every day and ask him questions and, you know, just think about that. And so... um, I wanted to just, you know, like I said, with such a big word, it's going to just really be fun just exploring that. Um, And more so than like an outside experience, um, it feels like it's going to be a really big inside experience with it, which is, wow, that's, that's amazing, isn't it? So I was thinking about, um, I'm just calling tonight the quest. You know, what does it look like? What's the quest look like? You know, what does it look like on the daily? And so I was thinking about, you know, the page on the Word of the Year when Teresa was talking about the four doors. And so I was thinking about the four doors. Um, You know, I love the first one. And I I just wanted kind of to talk about a few of these, um, the four doors. The first one that she uh, talked about on the Word of the Year was the doorway of Jesus. And she talked about just a place of repentance. Which is so important because, you know, old-time religion, let's talk OTR, OTR, you know, is like you have to get in the flesh and do all this self-punishment and welling around and self-pity and on and on and on. 
but really, you know, if we could really change our minds about when we look at Jesus, we have got to expect that he's going to be able to show us something that we can change our mind about, our heart about, our attitude about, our behavior about. You know, he, I mean, isn't he? If he's perfection and brilliance and he's wanting to interact with us and we're wanting to close, be close to him, I mean, it just makes sense, doesn't it? And so really then it becomes more about repentance is a lifestyle that's every day, all day, all the time. And it's um, sometimes it will break you down until you're broken at what you find. And sometimes it's the simple, you know, your, your mind is off. Can you change the way you're thinking about that? And so it really is... I like starting with that first doorway as we're going into the year of um, the doorway of Jesus through a lifestyle of repentance um, because it's like we're ever, we should be ever before him where we're just laid out just looking at what he's saying. We're making adjustments. And so we want that. So on the doorway, the doorway of Jesus, I was thinking about if we broaden just our definition of repentance to what does it take to walk in relationship to Jesus? I mean, think about that. What does it, what does it take to walk in relationship with him? Well, it takes a lot of me coming down off my high mindsets. It looks like, you know, beautifully surrendering, which is doorway number four, yieldedness. It it looks like looking into uh, instruction for him, like what does it look like? Not that acting like we already know. I had this funny thing happen to me last week. It cracked me up when it happened. I was over there off of where Vinton's grandparents kind of used to live over there on 63rd and May, and I was at Staples getting some office chairs. And I was going to go to another appointment, and, you know, I didn't want to be late, and so I was Google mapping, like, you know, what was going to be the fastest way. And she said, you know, go out on May and turn south, and blah, blah, blah. I thought, well, that's stupid. I don't have time for that. I am not going that way. That's stupid. So I just made up my own way, and I just, I just, you know, got on the road, and I went across 63rd, and I got over the bridge. I was like, oh, that's why she's telling me that. You can't get on. You can't get on right there at 63rd. But see, we do that. I mean, how many times do we do that? We live there a lot in that, you know, that, that real humble, surrendered Thank you, Google Maps. I don't feel like that's the right way, but you might know more than I do. So I had to turn around and go back the way I came and go the way she said. And, and so, you know, a lot of our life can look like that in our relationship with him because we're like, well, that's stupid. I already feel like I already know. This looks like a better way to me. And we don't have that yieldedness that we give him permission to give us some direction. And so we're going to need these four doors in order to follow him. So, you know, if you're trying to get on the highway, it's 63rd and May right there. You're not going to be able to do that right there. So if it tells you, now you know. I was thinking about what does it look like to walk in relationship with Jesus, and I was thinking about the 12 disciples. I mean, gosh, you don't think about that. Here, here they are just doing their life, and Jesus walks by, and he said, do you want to follow? And, you know, so several of them were fishermen. Several of them 
owned businesses as fishermen. They were invested in boats and nets. I mean, I get that because, I mean, I've got garage full in my vocation of tools. I mean, you know, you, you invest in it. It's your business. It's your livelihood. Uh, you're expecting maybe to pass it on to the next generation and the next generation so they'll be well cared for. And so they've got it set up. But then, but Jesus. <laughs> and he'll come by and he'll ask you when you're doing your own thing. Do you want to go follow me? Or do you want to try to do your own vocation. And that's why he says, you can be fishers of the sea or you can be fishers of men. You can do a, a dynamic type of fishing if you will follow. And so several of them, say, you know, of course you got Matthew. He was had a lot of money. You know, Chosen did a really good job of portraying that. You know, he had a lot of money. He was set up well. But there was something in him that had a longing for life is bigger than this. Life is bigger than the tax booth. I'm standing and collecting money. Life is bigger than this. And he tapped into it. And so when Jesus came and he said, hey, do you want to go my way with me? He was all about it, wasn't he? And so... You know, as we're talking about these four doors and what it takes for us to shape our lives to be able to follow Him, you know, repentance is important. Um, you have to be willing when He says, hey, you want to follow here, you know, to come along and follow. Um, one thing that I see when you, are y'all thinking about like the disciples and all the stories and the relationship with Jesus, are you thinking about, okay, I get out of the boat, I say, yes, I want to follow, I want to go with you. And they start going with Jesus, right? They start going from town to town. They start, you know, going here and there. And what's great is as they're going with him, they start to figure out, you don't think anything like I think. You don't view any situation like I do. Right? They start to figure that out. And so that's part of that repentance, lifestyle repentance. You're going to have to change your mind a lot to walk with him. I'm going to say that again. You're going to have to change your mind a lot if you're going to walk with him. He just doesn't, doesn't do or think the way that you do. I'm so glad, yes. <laughs> you know. Kind of like, you know, I mean, I just think it's so funny, like all of the conversations they had, all of the ways they approached situations. And I loved how he was really good about, you know, for example, one of my favorites is um, all of the people are out listening to Jesus and been following, following him for three days and they're hungry. And I like how he says, when the disciples come, see, here's their thinking. Okay, Jesus, we've got this situation right here in life. This is what we're thinking. We'd like to suggest to you we need to do. We need to send all the people away so they can get something to eat. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, right there. I mean, think about it. You, you're, you do it every day. We're doing it every day. It's the same thing. We're doing it every day. And so he's like, you do it. And so they're, I mean, right. They're like, I mean, that wasn't even in their wheelhouse, right? <laughs> I didn't even know that was a possibility. You know what I mean? And, and so then they're like, okay, well, let's see. We got to give them something to eat. Okay, so let's see how we're going to do this then. That, if we went and bought food, then we wouldn't even have enough for, like, everybody to get a little crouton, right? And so even when he's trying to help them. He's doing a process with them to help them be able to see life the way that he sees life. Is what he's trying to do. He's trying to do that with us too. In all of our daily stuff. Right? I mean, you have it too, don't you? And so he, he's, he's saying, you know, you give them something to eat. 
And they they are giving him this suggestion about, you know, well, we don't have this much money, blah, 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 because Judas was spending it all. We don't have this much money. And so um, not even enough for a crouton. And so he says, you know, set them down in 50s, blah, blah, blah. And he, he starts to give them some instruction. So what is different? I mean, think about that. What is different going on in the man of Jesus than it's going on with the, the men of the disciples. What is different? That they're in, they're all in this situation together. But when they're looking at it, he has a different idea. What is the difference? He doesn't have a limited mindset for one thing. You know, he, he is filled with and sensitive to the Holy Spirit and in relationship with the Father that he knows his heart. And so then he's not just approaching everything with just logic or what their limitedness might could be able to barely do. He, he is just in a whole different arena. And so he is with us too. I mean, we're, we're just like the disciples. We're in the same scenario. I mean, he's saying stuff to us like that. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying you got to come to the doorway of Jesus and you've really got to say, Jesus is the doorway to every heavenly thing from the Father. And it is unlimited. Yeah. I mean, I'm having this weird thing going on with me about... Um, the substance of heaven. Keep thinking about that. The substance of heaven. I'm really on that right now. Personally, I keep thinking there's a substance to it. You know, there's a reality to it. There's a substance to it. But I'm living here. But I know that there's a substance to heaven. And so I'm trying to, in my daily situations, I'm trying to not just give a crouton, I'm trying to change like he thinks, and I'm trying to say, okay, instead of looking at this this way, there is a heavenly substance that God has an idea about and really try to move into his idea. And so we are having the same experience that the disciples are having and it's going to be a really, really good experience if you can decide up front, Jesus ties me into the substance of heaven, and he knows what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, when he wants to do it. And if I can defer how I go at or how I look at something, which is called repentance, if I can defer to him, then I can handle the substance of heaven. Y'all like that? It's funny, isn't it? I mean, I'm just saying it's a biggie. It's a biggie. We, we really have to get down what, what one level. I mean, I'm not even acting like I know all Teresa's saying in that word, but the little bitty bit that I, I'm thinking about, she's talking about, is this aspect that Jesus was working with the disciples to develop. And he's working with you to develop it too. He's working with you in every scenario, every situation, every time something comes up to, to repent, not try to use your own mind or your own solution, but really say there's a heaven substance. Where is it? What is it? How do I distribute it? I really feel like that's going to be a fun year. It really is. If we can quit, you know, approaching everything like, I'm not going south on May because I want a 63rd, because that's stupid. You know, I mean, it's so funny. It's, it's, it's what it looks like. It is what it looks like. Oh, I laughed so hard. I thought, thank you for giving that to me. That was great, you know. And so if we can come, if we could really come down uh, off of 
that we, you know, think we know things or strong opinions or do things even with familiarity. And we can just say, there's a heavenly substance here. How, how can I handle that? How can I bring that into this situation? Then it's going to be a really fun year. But it's going to take a lot. Can you feel it? It's going to take a lot of coming down off of our own mindset. And so I just, I just love how he did it with the disciples all the time. Everywhere they went, all the time. I mean, they did not understand him, but they kept looking at him thinking, wow, that was really amazing. I, I, can't, I, I don't want to get away from you, you know. Your weirdness sustains me, I think, is what they were thinking. Your weirdness of how you look at everything, how you see everything, is my, I can't, I can't get away from it, you know. It really does sustain me. And it does us, too. You know, we love that. I mean, I loved the healing rooms last night. I mean, I was at tippy top. I mean, I had a lot going on. But even in, I don't know what tippy top is to you. I think it's at the very, 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 very apex. But I wasn't up there. But I, I can surrender me to... What are you doing? What are you saying? How are you feeling? And can still give that give that away. And it was such a fun night, wasn't it? I had so much fun last night. Oh, he was so it was so sweet. The presence was amazing. And oh my gosh. Wow. It was just really fun. You know. So one of the doors is maintaining repentance. And, you know, I looked it up, this, um, you know, the Bible's definition, not Webster's definition. Not a Webster hater, but I'm a little bit more of a Strong's person. Repentance. It says, Reformation that comes from reversing a decision and change your mind. So how good are we at that? And we really have to be convinced that we are kingdom people that have come through the doorway of Jesus, that have access to heavenly things, or otherwise we wouldn't care about changing our opinion. I like Matthew 3, 2. It says, Repent, change your inner self, your old ways of thinking. Live your life in a way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life, for the kingdom of heaven is right here. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that scripture is what I'm talking about. It's right here. I mean, it's a realm of the spirit that is a realm of reality that is so fun to engage with, and we have permission to do that as sons and daughters. We have permission for that. And so it's saying in order to walk in that, then you're going to have to really change your mind a lot. And so that really, to me, ties in with the door about yieldedness. You know, yielding, 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 yielding. <clears throat> you know, I was thinking, no wonder it takes so much repentance and so much yielding to see the God of the uncommon opportunities turn into heaven opportunities. You know, she talked about that on her four doors. How when you're in these four doors, then there's going to be heavenly opportunities that aren't common. Don't get them mixed up with common and so I'm just saying this year can be filled with those. As we're thinking about how does my life come through these four doors of the pathway of the way that you do things or lay things out. And so it takes a lot of repentance. It takes a lot of yielding to see heaven, that substance of heaven, enter uh, an earthly situation. And it changes it from common to uncommon. I mean, wasn't that what Jesus was about? 
I mean, that's what he was about. You know, on repentance, one thing I think is really key. Um, there's a story that we've talked about sometimes in Mark chapter 8 where, you know, Peter has that moment of brilliance, you know, where he, like we all do, we'll have those <laughs> moments of brilliance and then we'll have a moment right behind it of stupidity. Maybe they call it, maybe they call that humanity. <laughs> Is that the definition of humanity? We just wrote a new definition. Um, in, in Mark 8, it says that Jesus says, who do, who do people say that I am? Yeah. Oh, we, some people say this and some people say that, you know, a prophet, blah, blah, blah. And he says, well, who do you say? You've been in a relationship with me just like y'all. We've been doing life together. Who do you say I am? And they said, you know, you're, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. You're God's son. In the flesh. I mean, think about it. that was a, that was a, I mean, think about that. They'd even say the name Yahweh because and leave the letters out because they didn't want to say something, you know, derogatory or you know, touch something that was holy. And he he was. I mean, he just came out with it. You're God's son, and I recognize it, and I see it, and I live with it every day, and I'm watching it up front and personal. You know. And so he said, that, that's, that's it right there. Don't tell anybody, just know it. You know, just know it. And so what's funny to me is that, you know, then Jesus, I love this, i got to read it to you. Can I read it? Uh, Mark 8, uh, around 32. Jesus explained that he would be killed. And let's see, did you hear that? We went from the power position to the humility of laying our life down. So it's like, we're all in when it looks like, you know, we're going to be doing all this stuff. And you say, well, okay, it might cost you something. Oh, you know, we need to repent right there. He explained he would be killed in three days and later be raised to life again. Listen to this. This so moves me. Jesus opened his heart and he spoke freely with his disciples. These, these people were close to him. He lived with them. He poured his life out into them. He was sharing this really important moment. There's a moment coming up for me. And it says he opened up his heart and spoke freely with his disciples, explaining all of these things to them. Now think about, think about Jesus' uh, intimacy. Into me, you see. I'm letting you see into what's coming for me. And then Peter immediately says, Peter took him aside and he rebuked him. That's not a good idea, Jesus. You know. And Jesus turned around, glancing at the other disciples, and he rebuked Peter saying, Get out of my sight. Your heart is not set on God's plan, but on man's plan. I was just thinking about how often... That is what is the difference between seeing his kingdom come and not. Jesus had his um, Jesus had his disciples in the crowd gather around him, and he said to them, "If you tr here, here, here's his answer, which I love. He's like, you know who I am." But you really only want to follow if it kind of looks or feels a certain way. Because, you know, that, that showed up there, right? And so he turns and he begins to, to share some areas of repentance that Peter could have to make some adjustments and, and change his mind. He said, if you truly want to follow me. See, he's speaking to it, right? I'll follow you if it looks one way. If you're going to overthrow governments, Roman governments, and you're going to be the king of all the earth, and I'm going to be your right-hand man, you know. But, but he's saying, you should at once, if you want to follow me, you should at once completely disown your own life. See, he was trying to mm, help Peter right there. You're kind of really attached to what you want it to look like. 
and so are we. You got to detach from that. You can detach from all of the ways that you're trying to figure out or think it should look like and, and follow. You must be willing to share my cross and experience as your own. As you can, here we go. Here's the yielding to yield. Ready? Here's another door right here. As you continually surrender to my ways, let your life go. If you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually experience true life. I'm just saying there is, heaven is in a realm and we interact with it away. And it's the way of the four doors. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my ways. As you continually, I like that, don't you? Continually surrender to my ways. And so that's what our journey, our quest is looking like. Every day we're continuing to yield to his way. Every day. And as we do, then we get to see, be aware, notice, and handle the realm of heaven. And so I like to, I got to read you the message too, okay? It's, I think it's good. <laughs> the message is, it is necessary <clears throat> that the Son of Man proceed to an ordeal of suffering be tried and found guilty by the elders, the high priest, and religion, religious scholars, and be killed, and after three days, rise up alive. See, you know, whenever you hear that, and we do too, we can kind of hear the negative, but we don't hear what the result is being produced. And so then we're always weighing whether we want to or not. I don't know if I want to or not. I don't know if I want to. He said this simply and clearly, so they couldn't miss it. I like that he's clear. So you know what to expect. Peter grabbed him in protest. Turning and seeing his disciples wavering, wondering what to believe, Jesus confronted Peter. Peter, get out of my way. Satan, get lost. You have no idea how God works. Now, we do it too. So he's saying, I'm on the move. I'm moving somewhere. And I want you to go along with me. You said you would follow. But you're going to have to surrender a lot of things in order to follow. Calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, anyone who intends to come with me, I like this verbiage right here, Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. So maybe you could think right now, how can I let you lead? How can I quit being my own Google Maps? How can I set with you inquire of you, find out what you're saying and where you're going and how you're doing it. How can, can I slow my life down a little bit enough to get out of my routine and how I go at the way I'm doing life? Can I slow that down a little bit and say, how would you do it? What's the way it looks for you? I like it because um, when I looked up some notes on that when it said, Satan, get out of my way, it says that Peter became an adversary to the call of God on his life, just like Satan. And so, you know, if God's trying to accomplish or do something, we don't want to be his adversary. So it takes, it takes a lot of humility. That was part of one door. It takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of surrender. It takes a lot of repentance in order to see 
those extraordinary opportunities that he wants to display. Are y'all liking the message? Come with me. Oh, anyone who intends to come with me needs to let me lead. Will you let me lead? Ave, will you let me lead? You're not in the driver's seat. I am. That's cute, isn't it? Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. It's that Holy Spirit surrender. I mean, didn't they, weren't they? Didn't they do a great? I mean, I'm so grateful for you know this house and just the worship. It 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 helps me soften and yield. It helps me learn how to receive from the Holy Spirit. It helps me know how to open myself up so He can come. I mean, we're really really blessed in that way. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you? The real you. What could you ever trade your soul for? I like that, don't you? Let me lead. Let me lead. If any of you are embarrassed over me in the way I'm leading you. Uh-oh. Have you ever been in one of those scenarios? Where you're a little bit embarrassed to show up and do a God thing? Or do a God word or a God action or a God display. Maybe you got, you know, intimidated or under something or small. You know, he's wanting, as we keep surrendering in these four doors, he's really wanting to strengthen our courage and our boldness. But, um, you know, it's so interesting to me with the Peter thing, how it, how a lot of uh, which way we go does get determined by how we feel like people are viewing us. Would they like her? Would that be appropriate with this? And that? You know, then we begin to get under that. Instead of you're leading, I'm following you. What are you doing right here? It really gets simple. It gets really murky and mucked up whenever we start thinking about all of this this other stuff, you know. And so it, we can really walk in and discover and and really handle heaven. I mean, and that's where the joy is. That's really where the fun is. And so we're going to have to detach ourselves from that that this year more and more and more. And really, you know, just kind of keep surrendering, keep, you know, worshiping, keep letting him come, keep letting him talk to places where we're off and we need to change our perspective or our viewpoint. You know, we really have to keep inviting him in to, to break us down and reshape us. So I was thinking about we must always look to the door of Jesus. How did all of his movements have the Father's heart objective? See, it's really just a focus thing. Am I focused on this or am I focused on this? Am I focused on people or am I focused on this? It really is kind of a focus thing, really. Kind of like at the encounter room, I mean, uh, healing night last night. Was that last night? Yeah. At the healing room last night... It was it was just so simple. So simple. I mean, just in that sweet atmosphere of his presence and he's so sweet and it's just like if you, I would just keep looking at all these different people and I would say, You are so full of compassion and tender mercy. What do you want to do? And then so easy. Boom, 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 boom. Right? Instead of, well, I think they came in, they looked tired, they kind of probably would need this. So I'm going to go over and pray this over them, you know. But it is, it's really, it's really simple when we let him lead and we're just asking those simple questions. 
And so that's what Jesus did. I depend on the Holy Spirit, and I'm in relationship with my Father. My desire is to bring Him glory. And so I just want to know what is His heart of compassion right here. And so that really just cleans up a whole lot whenever we can function that way instead of, I don't know about that person's posture. You know, it's, it's more really tuning into him. I think Jesus was the best at that, don't you? As we all know. <clears throat> mm. I don't know how your journey's been going, but I've been kind of having some experiences with people that are so intense. It's kind of like non-believers and even believers who aren't strong believers are bringing so much, you know. And so, I mean, it's kind of funny because there's all of this intensity. I mean, the way that people are living and thinking and approaching stuff and, you know, and so we have to be really good at um, really, gosh, just surrendering to him and how he wants us to navigate. And so think about all of that. I was thinking about this uh, Hebrews 10, 39, where it says, we are certainly not those who are held back by fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience his life. So see how these four doors really strengthen the way that you can stand in something? I like that, don't you? We are not, we are not those who shrink back in fear. We are those who have faith and courage to true life. I like uh, Hebrews eleven thirteen too. It talks about, you know, all the heroes of the faith. And it says, they all lived their lives on earth where you are. They did what you were doing right now. They all lived their lives on earth as those who belong to another realm. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. Living your life on earth. Aware there's another realm that you have access to. And then when they say something about your life, it will reflect the faith that you had in what Jesus could do. Isn't that exciting? That's so exciting to me. You know, Romans 14, 17 says, the, the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about what to do and not to do. It is in the realm of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is amazing. He is such our best friend. And how precious the way that the worship team led us tonight even, to open up our hearts. See, that's what it looks like. It looks like living a lifetime of that. That was I really appreciate that, you all leading us in that. It was, it was really, really amazing. I mean, I just received so much there. And that's what it looks like. Your whole life looks like that. Your whole life looks like living in the realm of the Holy Spirit where you open up your heart and you say, would you come right here? Would you be right here? Would you encounter me right here? Would you bring your refreshing rain right here? You know, he gives us access to have those heavenly things. I was thinking about... Um, well, my journey's been a bumpy road this last month. I don't know whether it's this word of the year. 
I can't complain because I'm always so grateful whenever it's bumpy because he really tears down a bunch. It's just great. I mean, you know, it's a process, but um, I'm always grateful because I just know I don't want to carry things within me um, that are not him. And so I've had a bumpy road with some things, but it's really great. It's been a tearing down. And so I'm I'm just really grateful. I feel like I'm getting softer, which I like. Um, I've got a ways to go, but I'll enjoy my journey. Um, I was thinking about, on that note, I was thinking about this being a bumpy road and all that was going on and things he was tearing down and just even having that repentance of, wow, I'm really sorry. I don't want to carry that. I really need you here. Um, kind of place and when I was back there worshiping and they were leading us in that and I was just really opening up just to really receive so much I, I was remembering um, David in Psalm 51 after he had had a big a bunch a big faux pas in his life let's just call it a faux pas a life's faux pas out in front of everybody a big old Faux Paul, life faux Paul, and didn't even know it. Was just doing doing his life, living this big faux Paul. Didn't even know it. Was unaware that that was in him, King David. And then God called him out on it. And I, his, I was just thinking about how beautiful his response was. You know, instead of being mad at the prophet for calling it out, he just said, oh, God, my heart right there is so far away from what your heart looks like. And he really, uh, he really got low. But one thing I was thinking when I was standing back there was how incredible it is to me that standing in that place of a huge failure and getting called out on it and having that humility. This was even before Jesus. He began to say what he needed. And the audacity to say, because you're good and I recognize you're, you look like that. And I look like this right here. And he began to call and ask him for things. It's like he didn't deserve it. He did. He, it wasn't a deserving thing. It was a recognition that he was short in an area. And he asked him for incredible things. Come and create me something different than what I'm carrying. I've been doing some of that this month. Oh God, when I see that and I'm doing this, come and create something different right here. Come and create. That's what he said. Come and create. Not help me work toward. Don't let me try harder. I need the creator to create something right here. Hey, can you believe that? In a huge failure like that, having the audacity in his humility before God. You're God and I'm not. This just shows me a place that I need you. Ready, create a new heart here. Create a willing spirit right here. Restore me back to my place. And I'll tell others about you. And so I don't know if this whole year is going to look like that. Our whole lifetime was going to look like that, really. I mean, who are we kidding? You know, humanity, remember? Brilliant moments, stupid moments, you know. But... I just think that's so amazing, don't you? That in that place he could say that. I look like this, but I want to look like that. 
what you got right here? And see, that's the gift. I don't know if you recognize it or not, but that's the gift of what they gave us in worship tonight. I'm dry. I need you. And see, he does that. That's what he wants to do 24-7 for the rest of your life. And so when we position ourselves in him with a, heart, a, a mindset and a heart of repentance with that place where we're yielded, then that's when heaven can come and it really can create something new in us that it opens up those uncommon opportunities because we've been we've been made different to look like him so we can see heaven we would know what to do and what to handle and what to distribute so Y'all looking forward to the four doors? Coming through the four doors? Need to. You want to go ahead and stand? We'll try to land the plane. <laughs> Woo. Just put your hand on your heart. So, Daddy... Your ways are incredible. I pray that we would so run to the four doors of repentance and yieldedness and surrender and see and receive what we need to look like you. So I'm asking in this season, as you come to make us more like you, that we wouldn't get hung up in condemnation, but just in repentance, we would have the spiritual wisdom to say, I need you here. I want to look like you here. I want to display you here. And so I bless what you're doing this year. I bless your people. I bless this word of the year. I thank you that it's already started to till up the ground to make beautiful things. And so we just say yes to what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.